with me to the First Corinthians, uh, chapter number one, and we're going to begin reading in verses ten through thirteen. First Corinthians, chapter number one, <clears throat> verses ten through thirteen. Now, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you by my brethren, by those of Cleo's household, that there are contentions among you. Now, I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, and I, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you this morning. Your holy writ, Father, your word. Lord God, that, uh, Father, you said heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will stand forever. We honor your word this morning. Father God, I pray that as I preach this word, that it will be none of me and all of you. I pray that the Holy Spirit right now will quicken me and use me for your glory. You have a word for your people, and I pray that they will receive exactly what you want them to receive and to hear this morning, and that it will bring forth the fruit unto everlasting life, and that you, in the end, O God, will get the glory, because it is our purpose in life to magnify and glorify the name of Jesus. I thank you, and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We have been, this is the last installment, and we have been teaching on unity. Uh, The title of the series has been The Power of One Series, And uh, we have really been laying the foundation for what God wants to do in my life, in our lives. And what we had talked about at the beginning of these series of messages, how that the Bible says that God commands blessing where there is unity. And one of the things I think is so important as I was contemplating this message is that Christ reigns not only in our lives when we come to church, He reigns not only in our lives when we're at home or on a job. Uh, He reigns reigns in every aspect of our lives. Sometimes people tend to say, okay, they compartmentalize. They they say, okay, this is the the church thing. I do the church thing on Sunday. And when I go home, I I do the home thing. Uh, When I go to work, I I do the work thing. Or, Or when I'm out in my whatever activities I'm involving, that's all separate. But if Christ is really Lord of your life, then that means he is to reign over every aspect of your life. Because if he's really Lord. So then understand that our blessing, the blessing that God has for us and what God has purposed to do in our lives is tied together in every aspect of our life. When we try to separate them, we get disillusioned and we get sidetracked. 
And so you may say this morning was, well, and sometimes we, we're preaching about the power of one series, and this series have covered a whole gamut of things. The temptation would be to think, okay, we're just talking about being in unity in the church. That's not just what we're talking about. Because if you're not, if you don't know how to relate to your husband or your wife or your spouse or your employer, if you don't know how to relate to people that you deal with on a regular basis and understand what unity means and the flow in obedience to God's purpose and plans, it's going to directly affect your life in a negative way. Until we come to a place, we understand, I want you to see the connection that what we're talking about. Listen, how many of you want to be blessed? Uh, everybody want God to you want to be blessed and and listen and, and God has a way by which you want to do that but as believers Christ reigns in our life he has to reign over every aspect he has to be dominant you cannot we cannot just do the church thing we got to say look this is not just about church my life is the church the Bible says Christ is your life that means that you died now, I know that's, that's some sharp language, but you got to think about yourself as a dead person. So if I'm dead, it doesn't bother me that much when you offend me because you can't really offend a, a dead person. See, it doesn't matter that much when, you, when, when people say things about me or to me that can be harmful because I'm dead, because I died to Jesus. And, you know, Jesus said, well, they persecuted me. Uh, guess what? It's going to happen to you, too. Join the crowd. It's just the way things are. And so we have been talking about this thing of unity because why? Because number one, because it is the purpose by which God has called us in this season of our life in the church. And this is directly ties into your personal lives, not just the life of this church and what God is doing the foundation, but it carries over into every aspect of your life. We talked about uh, uh, at the beginning of this series, by way of recap, we talked about the Tower of Babel. We talked about the power of unity, how that they, even though they were outside of the will of God, because they were of one mind, they had one focus, they were able to accomplish, or they would have been had not God come down and said, oh, no, wait a minute, I got to go down and stop them because those people have a determination and they're going to get it done. Say what you want to say about the people at the Tower of Babel. They were unified and they were going to get the job done. We talked about Nehemiah a couple of weeks ago and how Nehemiah and his crew had to, had to overcome obstacles and challenges in life. How I many know that every time you want to set your mind to do something for God or you want to represent God, there are going to be obstacles, there's going to be challenges, there are going to be people that's going to try to stop you, people that's going to try to get on your nerve. Life is going to become difficult, and you and I must learn how to persevere until we get the thing done that God has called us to do. We talked about the last week, I believe, or the week before, we talked about spiritual authority and how there could be no unity unless we recognize spiritual authority. We talked about how the, some of us struggle on our job. We, we can't understand. Why can't I get promoted? You see? Why, or, 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 or in our homes, our wives, and we don't understand the authority in the home. We, we, we buck our husbands. You can't understand. Why can't, I, why can't I be blessed? And Why am I struggling in this area? How do we know God has an order about how he does things? Every time we step outside of the prescribed order that God has given us, there is a consequence. You can't get around it. I don't, it doesn't matter where you are. Understanding authority is there to protect you. It is God's way because God says where there's confusion, he's not a part of it. Where there's confusion and, and people in all kind of in an uproar, I'm here to tell you this morning, God is not a part of it. And so 
we are preparing. We're going to talk a little bit this morning about maturing toward unity in this last installment. And I'm going to really focus on the Corinthian church. Uh, the church in Corinthians had all kinds of problems. Uh, there were people that um, uh, they were self-willed. They, had them, they were vying for position. They were insensitive toward one another. All they cared about was me, 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 and me, and what God can do for me. And they had no regard for their brothers and their sisters. The church was in total chaos. And Paul had to come there. He had to instruct the church to bring some order into the house of God because the people were just so messed up. And one of the things that you understand we say a lot, and I think all of us want to see the church grow, because if you're really saved, you know Jesus, you care about lost people. If you don't care about lost people, if it, does, if it doesn't break your heart to see somebody outside the kingdom of God, something is wrong with your faith. I just want to say that. If it doesn't break your heart to see people who don't know Jesus, that you know that if they don't come into relationship with him, they will die and spend eternity separated in hell away from Jesus. If that doesn't bother you, then we need to go back to the altar and say, Lord, change me. Because it should be the goal and the purpose of every believer that, that, that we want to see those that we come into contact with come into the kingdom of God. Now, we can't win them all, right? We can't win them all. But, but, but we are to be instruments that when God gets ready to use us, that we're saying, Lord, use me. Use me, Lord. I want to be a witness. Lord, Lord, I want to be the person to help lead somebody to Jesus because the problems that you have in the earth, the problem with our economy, the problem with our government, the problem with the nations of the world is, is, is a fact that they don't know Jesus. They will not bow to his lordship. That is the real problem. We get all upset over Democrat and Republican, over world government and system. That's not the real issue. The real issue is Jesus is not Lord. So then it is incumbent upon us that we must preach this Jesus, that we are to be the ones, the agents, to let people know that Jesus is the way. He is the solver of all problems. The Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessel. We have this treasure. What do you do with treasure? Jesus says we're supposed to be a city on a light, right? A city on a hill. He says, let your light so shine that people may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Can I ask you a question? Have your light been shining? Has it been shining where you are? Have your light illuminated places when you walk into an atmosphere? See, I'm, I'm just going this way. I just, I just determined... I'm going to let the Holy Spirit go this morning. Is that okay? Amen. When you go into an atmosphere, does the atmosphere change or does the atmosphere change you? There should be a holy passion in our lives. Watch this. That we're sanctified, set apart. That when we walk into an atmosphere, the people of God, well, that's supposed to be for, just for the preacher. No, it's not. We're supposed to be able to walk into an atmosphere and people can sense the Spirit of God over our lives. We demand respect. Why? Not, you don't even have to open your mouth when you're anointed. When you're following God. We, we, we're, listen, we're supposed to be the people, the light that's on a, the, the, a city that's on a hill so that people can see and understand that this is the way you're supposed to live. This is good living in the kingdom. Good living is in the kingdom of God. And so then we are the agents of change. We are those that God has called to be a light in a dark world. 
And we're not to be comfortable just going through our life saying, Lord, I'm going to heaven. Thank you very much. And that's it. Because if that's your attitude, come to the altar at the end of service. I will pray to God to take you home because you're finished. There's a, you hear the passion and fight. There's something that God has called for every one of us to do. Every joint is supposed to be supplying. Every joint. There's a purpose and there's a calling. And so now as we begin to step out as agents of change, as we begin to move out into what God has for us, you know, there are going to be growing pains, right? Personality conflicts. Y'all never had that, have you? You ever had anybody you don't like much? Huh? You ever had people that just kind of get on my nerves? I'm quoting. <laughs> Anybody, you know, those are what I call growing pains. See, see, we're going to be, see, we're going to grow. See, this, we're not going to be comfortable with, with this. You, you hear what I'm saying? So when, when people are coming in, watch this, they're going to be growing pains. They're going to be people you're going to have to deal with that you're going to be like, oh, God, and they're going to have issues. You're going to be in conflict with one another. One of the things I know that God, that the enemy always do is turn us against each other. That's the first thing he does. And, and some, I think my wife prayed this morning. And what he does is he uses these little things to get us all off course because the bigger picture is, wait a minute. You know, every now and then you just need to ask yourself, wait a minute, why am I doing this? If you ask yourself that question, you will stay focused on what God called you to do. You'll put it in perspective. You'll be like, okay, I, I see what the enemy is trying to do. No, this is bigger. This is much, much bigger than you not speaking to me today. This is much, much bigger than you saying something offensive to me. This is much, much bigger than you talking about me behind my back. See, these are the kind of issues that the Corinthian church had with one another. It says here in this first chapter, and I just went all off. I didn't do nothing in order. So I just want you to know that I'm just going to preach as the Holy Spirit gives me utterance. Hallelujah. So y'all just have to work with me today. But he says, he says here, he says, look, he says, first of all, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. Speak the same thing. Now, does that mean that we're all just supposed to be robots and that everything Pastor Bill said, you say? No, that's what I call a cult. <laughs> That's what I call craziness. But there have got to be some things that we fundamentally agree upon. There are things that are essential and there are things that are non-essential. See, I don't have to argue with you over whether or not, uh, you know, some people say, well, Jesus is coming back uh, uh, post-trib, pre-trib. And, you know, how people get all upset about when Jesus comes. I just know this. Can we agree on this? He's coming back. You follow me? So we have to have we have to have unity. We have to speak the same thing. In other words, we're not speaking against each other, but there's a harmony that anytime we speak about each other, we always speak about each other in a loving and encouraging way. I never have anything negative to say about Sean. If I have something I want to say to Sean, I can go to Sean. But you know what? I'm not going to go to my sister here and tell her how bad of a person this guy is. Not that that you are, but I hope you didn't mind me using you as an example. But you, you follow what I'm saying. So he said that we all speak the same thing, that we're unified, that we're caring for one another, that we're always lifting each other up, that we're not talking behind each other back. And in the Corinthian church, here they are. They, they, they just miss the whole point. They just get all inward focus. And it's all about me. It is all about my feelings. And if you hurt my feelings, then, then you know I'm going to take my toys and I'm going to run. 
Boo hoo 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 hoo. It's like kids act, don't they? My kids, you know, they act all of them grew up that way, fighting over stuff. How do you know God wants the church to grow up? So we got so we have to be, he said, Paul said that they needed to speak the same thing and that there would be no divisions among them. That the word divisions mean no splits, no tears, and no schisms. He said, there's to be none of that. That we're all speaking the same thing. I mean, if you go talk to anybody in church, we all talk, we all say the same thing about each other. We, it's, there's a culture in our church that we're just always encouraging. We ain't got nothing bad to say about people. No, no, we, you know, my mom used to say, I don't know, it wasn't a scripture verse, but she would often say, if you want to have something good to say about somebody, just keep your mouth shut. If you're struggling that bad, <laughs> that you're just aching to tell somebody about how somebody got on your nerve, then just keep your mouth quiet and just go talk to Jesus about it. Hallelujah. But we want to all be speaking the same thing so that there will be no division, so that there will be no splits. So that when you're walking into an environment, here's what the, Paul, the Apostle Paul said. They were walking around, some of them in the church, they were walking around saying, you know, uh, uh, I'm of Paul. No, uh, no, nah, nah, I'm of Cephas. He's really got the anointing. That's the, uh, the other one. Man, I'm of Apollos. Apollos, is, he's real studious. I mean, he really got it together. And Paul had to say, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. What, what are y'all talking about? Aren't y'all supposed to be functioning as one? See, there, there, see it, what happened in the Corinthian church, and it's one of the, the, a bad word in the church. I hate this word. You know what that word is? Start with a C. Anybody know what that word is? Clicks. Hate that word. There were little clicks. I'm over, anybody ever been in an environment where there was a click? Well, you got this group of people over here. They just a little bit more anointed or they really got it on. The people over here, they ain't really, really following God. They ain't really, really serious about God. These are just us. No, no, no. We're not that. <laughs> there are no clicks in the church. Paul said, wait a minute. Y'all are acting like little babies. When we're, look, I'm concerned about every one of us going, going to the next level. If I see somebody else who is struggling, who is not, who's having a difficult time coming up to where they need to be, I'm going to go and encourage them. If I see you struggling in sin, I'm going to try to help you get out of that. But I'm not going to separate myself and act like I got it together while you don't. Come on. You know, there's not going to be this thing about, you know what, you know, I'm more holier than thou. Ain't nobody more holier than anybody. We are what we are by the grace of God. If it were not for the grace of God, all of us would be a complete mess. In fact, we still are a mess. And somehow God is able to get glory out of these earthen vessels. I don't know how. I, it's, a, it's a miracle. And never said, I don't know how God is able to do anything with us, anything with me. I don't, it's, a, it's a miracle. But we have to come to a place, like Paul said, that we speak the same thing. Because he said that from Cleo's household, I don't know who this guy Cleo is. It talks about Cleo. You know, Cleo sounds like a brother, doesn't he? Cleo. Uh, <laughs> I'm just having a little fun. Uh, but there was a Cleo household that there is contentions. That word contentious means all out fighting, contentious, arguing. They were going at each other's throat. Christ didn't die for that. <laughs> the church is supposed to, remember we talked about at the beginning, the church is supposed to be the light of the world, a city on a hill, right? And people on the outside coming into the church, they said sense more love in the church than any place else on the planet. That we are connected together. That, that listen, nobody's here. We ain't in no fight. We ain't, listen, we ain't competing against nobody else in here. Listen, I'm going to tell you, other than bowling and sports, you know, I'm going to beat you. Um, but y'all know how that is. It's just, you know, 
Y'all pray for me in that arena. I, you know, but but you know what I mean. We're not. We're not. You know, we're 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 speaking the same thing. We're going in the same direction. We all have a vested interest to see that our ministry succeed because when our ministry succeed, we all succeed. And when we all succeed, we're flowing in the blessing and the anointing of God. And the blessing and the anointing of God affects every aspect of our life. Let me tell you something. If you're struggling at home, if you're having difficulty in relationships, difficulty in your finances, then you need to check your other areas, you know, like, you know, how are you doing with God? How many know that God is to be the dominant force in everything about our lives? He, he is to be the dominant force behind everything that we do. The reason that I make the decisions that I make, the reason I do the things that I do is because I'm inspired by what God is telling me to do. I'm not driven by what people say on TV, Dr. Phil, Miss Oprah, uh, Judge Judy, uh, Judge Brown, and all the other people. I'm not influenced by that. I'm influenced by what God says. You follow me? So, so we all got to speak the same thing. There'll be no contentions among us. And there should not be, like what he said about Cleo, <laughs> that the word got out. How I many know that we don't want the word to get out? The man, the people who have foundation, they just, man, they just all divided. Everybody got their own agenda. Everybody's just going in separate directions. And nobody is being blessed. I'm, I don't know about you, but I work too hard. We have worked too hard to see where we're going and to have it stop short because of attitude and division and splits and schisms. No, 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 no. Because, I mean, we want God involved in our life. I want God to reign. Listen, I know that if, if, if we're in the, if, as a church and as a people, if we're under the will of God in our lives, blessings are going to follow us. You know, I like that scripture says in Psalm 23, goodness and mercy. Well, I need, give me, give me a couple of volunteers. Brother, brother, can you come up for a second? Can you come up? Uh, Marsh, can you come here? See, now listen. I want, you to, I want you to get behind me. Now, here's what you, I want you to I want you to follow me everywhere I go. Just follow me. Don't run. Don't hurt yourself. But see, it's something about when we're walking with God. It says in Psalm 23, the goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, you see what's happening here. Goodness and mercy is chasing me down. Why? Because I'm in the blessing of God. So it's going to follow me. You don't have to worry about it. Look, goodness, no matter what, see, no matter where I go, goodness and mercy. How many of you want goodness and mercy following you all the days of your life? So thank you very much, guys. Thank you. I don't know what y'all was doing behind me, but. <laughs> okay. But it says, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I want goodness and mercy following every one of you. See, the blessing of a church means blessing for you. Yeah. See, blessing in your family, fruitfulness on your job. I'm, I pray this morning that every family here will get a promotion, that blessing will come their way, that they will begin to see things they've never seen before. That's what we're praying this morning. Because I know that the more blessed we are, the more blessed God's kingdom is going to be. And, and the Bible says when we seek first the kingdom, everything else. He didn't exclude anything. He said, seek first my kingdom. Everything else that is important to you is going to come. And goodness and mercy will follow behind you all the days of your life. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I have no idea where I am in my sermon. I'm all off my notes. And I'm not even going to try to get back there. But watch this. Listen, listen to this. He says, now, I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people. 
Now, what he's really saying there, if you study that word, he's talking about maturity, right? That's what he's talking about. He says, I couldn't speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal. In other words, carnal, fleshly, being led by your flesh, being led by your temper. You know how sometimes we get the temper, we get mad. You know, you never you say, don't want to lose, don't lose your temper. You know, you lose your temper, you let by that. That's why you don't want to ever lose your temper. You want to be led by the spirit. See, I know you all are always led by the spirit. We don't have those problems in here. You got it together. Hallelujah. I'm speaking that over your life by faith. I'm just having fun up here, whether y'all laugh or don't. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy and strife and division among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? In other words, like people that that ain't saved, don't know Jesus. For when one says, I'm a Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? Now, you can hear the heart of Paul saying here now. Watch. Now, one of the, the missions and the goal of our church is to train and equip. If y'all know our vision statement, it's right behind you. It's on that wall right there. It's to train and equip the believer to be a mature disciple who loves the word of God and who is passionate about their faith and devotion in Jesus Christ. Now, interesting thing here. You can hear Paul's plea. Paul is saying this. I really wanted to come to y'all and I wanted to lay some new foundation. That was another level. There was some, some new level, some new wisdom, some new principle that I really wanted to share with you. I really wanted to do this, but I couldn't because y'all are still drinking Gerber stuff. You can hear Paul say, I, I, I really, I mean, God has just put so much into me, and, and I, I, I came here, and I wanted to give this to you. I want to drop this revelation. I want to show you the next level that God was taking you, but I could not because y'all are still drinking Similac. Well, you should be eating some chicken and some steak. You see, now, we would, if you, now, follow me on this. Let's use Taylor for an example. Taylor, I hope you don't mind. Um, Taylor, how old is Taylor now? 17 17 months. She still do milk? So she's off milk. All right, let's just say, let's take Taylor back just a little bit. Let's just say Taylor is at the point of drinking milk. Let's just say it's 15 years have passed, and you see Taylor walk through that door. No, you see Taylor in a car seat or in some carrier still drinking milk, and you look, and you say, that Taylor from 15 years ago? You know, we'll probably be like, call the doctor. Something is wrong. This is, this is an alien. This baby have not grown. It stayed on milk. It, hadn't gotten, it still can't talk, still can't walk. It hasn't gotten any bigger. It is exa- something wrong with the baby. Y'all know I'm going with this, don't you? All right. Paul said, I came. Y'all should be a little bit more mature than what you are right now. You're still on milk. So too many Christians, how many know milk is designed to be temporary? As far as needing it for your life and all that. And, you know, we're not, some of us come to a point in life that we're just comfortable just drinking milk all of our Christian life. Never grow up, never get, don't understand doctrine, don't understand the fundamentals. You know, if somebody came to you and preached some strange doctrine, you'd be like, oh, okay, cool. No discernment. Paul says, listen, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to bring you some meat, but, but you couldn't handle it yet because y'all still got problems. Well, Paul, what's the problem? 
he said, y'all still got envy among you and strife, divisions. One of the biggest problems in the body of Christ is people get jealous. You know, one of the things, I, when yesterday when Diva got her master's degree in divinity, I was as excited for her as I could possibly be. If any one of you come and tell me that God bless you in some way and you really get, I'm excited for you. You know why? Because the way I look at it is in, in the body, it's in the kingdom. So whatever blessing you got, it comes back to me some kind of way. And if we're in the same church, whatever you get, I'm going to get. Because we're what? One. We're one. And I rejoiced. I was like, yes, I was so happy. I was so happy for her that, 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 that because I saw in her that, that a part of me that, that, that we're all going to benefit from it. And I was rejoicing with her. But see, in the Corinthian church, these people were just jealous, mad at each other. Well, I'm supposed to have that position. Who, 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 who told her to do Where she come from? I mean, I'm more anointed than her. I mean, I'm smarter and wiser. In fact, I've been serving the Lord for 20 years. But what have we done in 20 years? You know, some people have been walking with the Lord for 20 years. And if you've been walking with the Lord 20 years, is there any change in your life? What? Come on. Listen, if you've been walking with the Lord for 20, 15 years, there should be something about you that's matured. If I see you walking with the bottle, what's wrong with you? Put the bottle out of your mouth. Don't tell me you've been walking with God for 20 years and there's no change. That you're still fighting. You're still dealing with, I don't want to forgive you. Come on. Well, brother, sister, so offended me, pastor. You don't know what they did to me. No, I don't. I know what the Bible says. Forgive. Well, I don't want to love them. Okay, die. So that you can love them. It's real simple, ain't it? The Bible makes it simple. Because these, this, is where, this is where the rubber meets the road, where we all have to deal relationally one with another. And these are the kind of things that's going to come up because I guarantee you, some of you are all going to be having questions and decisions are going to be made. You're going to be saying, I thought that was supposed to be me. And next thing you know, you mad and you whispering to somebody else. And then before long, man, it's all divided. Everybody's like against each other. And it's over because somebody just got mad. Paul said, look, y'all are still fighting each other. You don't know how to celebrate with one another. You don't know how to rejoice with one another. You don't know how to say when somebody gets you a bless that, that, you know what? Thank God. I'm glad you got blessed. And you know what? I always, I always look at it this way. Nobody can take what God has for me. Whatever God has for me and whatever God has for you, Brother Sean can't take it from me. So I'm just content with wherever I am. In Christ. I never walked around being jealous about it. I just, I just, look, there have been times when I thought that I was going to get stuff and belong to me. And I just, you know, I just say, okay, Lord, then, then that wasn't my time. I look at other churches. I talk to other churches. I was telling somebody, I don't know, maybe it was Marshall. I was talking Sunday, uh, Friday, we had dinner. I said, you know, I said, you know, uh, you know, I can, I, you know, I can get into this thing where, you know, and I talk to some of these pastors around here. But, man, I, you know, because some of them, you know, they're pastors, you know, they got issues sometimes, too. And I sit back and I say, Lord, you know, temptation is, Lord, you know, I've been doing this and this and that. They've been doing this. They ain't seem like they're really doing that right now. How come I ain't, you know? And it, so you can fall into that kind of what, what about me? Kind of I'm unfaithful. I mean, I'm serving. They ain't doing nothing. They ain't did half of what I did. See, it's about calling. You remember the guy, the guys in the scripture, Jesus gave a, Jesus gave a parable of these men who had, uh, he hired them, a servant, he went, he hired all these guys in the field. He said, okay, I want you to go and work for me a day, get a penny a day. Then some jokers came, like the day it almost ended, they came like late in the day. <laughs> like everybody, they said, we bore the son of the whole day. 
And, and here come Brother Vincent. It's, about, it's almost 6 o'clock, the end of the work day. And, and you got about an hour left. And here come Brother Vincent. And he get paid exactly the same thing everybody else got paid. Well, you know, you know what we tempted to say like little kids? That ain't fair. Amen. See, fairness ended in the Garden of Eden. God, God don't deal with fairness. It's about purpose calling. Jesus says, did I not agree with you and tell you this is what I was going to do? So what I can do with my own is I can do that. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Paul says, so milk is to be temporary. Turn with me to James chapter 3, verses 13 to 16. Now watch this. James chapter 3, 13 through 16. He says here now, watch this. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show you by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. But for where, there, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Could the scripture be any more clear about that? He says to where envy and self-seeking exists. You know, self-seeking is one thing to be gifted. And all of us are gifted. We all have a unique and special gift. But, you know, everything that God gives us is really for the edification and the building up of somebody else. So if you have a gift to preach, to teach, to evangelize, to do whatever, then that's not just so that you can have some kind of public display and tell people how wonderful you are. Although I'm sure you're wonderful. <laughs> I'm sure you're all that in a bag of chips. Uh, but that's not the reason why God gifts us. He says when, 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 when the people come together and everybody's self-seeking, that their only goal is I want to get what I want just for me because I want what I get. And if I don't get what I want, then, you know, I'm taking my toys. Self-seeking. But when we come to a place where we say, you know what, I'm going to die to my own self and I'm going to seek the greater good, which is what God has called us to as a people, the people that God has called us to reach, the lives that God has called us to save. I'm just going to let all of that go. Now, you got to have faith to do that. You got to say, you know what, God, I'm going to believe that you're going to bring about the desires of my heart. Because all of us have desires and calling. We have passion about certain things. And I always say to people, I think it's a good thing that you have a passion and want to do something in God's call. That's great. But, under, but keep it in context because your passion and your gifting is really supposed to work in a context within the body of Christ to achieve a bigger purpose that's oftentimes much bigger than you and me. Some of you got, you got gifts and some of you got gifts and stuff in you you don't even know yet. I, I believe that. Some of you all can be doing stuff you never thought that I will be doing. That's right. I'm like, every, now, in case anybody's saying, well, it must be somebody. No, it's you. Everybody. Because I'm praying that. <laughs> I'm praying that God to stir up some stuff in y'all. 
that y'all will begin to see stuff and do stuff that I didn't think I could do or even want to do. But we don't want, but we don't want there to be an environment. But listen to this. This is in my notes here. He talked about this. He said, whenever God moves by his spirit, this is a Jack Hayford Bible. I like Jack Hayford a lot. Uh, he says, the efforts of the adversary will manifest in many ways in order to seek to stem the flow of divine grace. You, you hear that? He said, this text notes both envy and strife, their source and the impact they can make. Unfortunately, the devilish source of both indicates satanic enterprise finding human cooperation. Pure workings of the spirit can quickly be soured if jealousy or anger is given a place. Confusion and disorder and commotion instability will affect the life of a congregation, a team of workers, an individual, unless prayerful monitoring resists these evil seeds being sown and taken root. That's why we got to learn to say, we know what, we're going to work together because we know that to not do that would be to undermine what God want to do in our life. We got a couple more scriptures and I think we'll be done. First uh, Corinthians chapter number 12, uh, verse, uh, now this is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. I want to just give you a heads up on that. So, uh, is y'all, are y'all getting this? This is making any sense to anybody? Because you all are just going to be blessed. You're positioning yourself. I know you're blessed now, but you haven't. You're going, to, you're going to really be blessed. You're going to another level of blessing. I mean, you can stand another level of blessing. I mean, I mean this is, this is, we're going to get another level of blessing. I mean, I'm just, I'm just excited to see what God's going to do and how God's going to provide for his people. We are just scratching the surface. Watch this. But see, this is important because how many know that these kind of things can rip apart and undermine everything God wants to do? In your life, and we're trying to figure out why am I struggling here? Why am I struggling there? Because it's rooted in this. Because our whole lives come back to this. And finding out what it is that God wants. If I can find out what God wants in my life and do what God wants me to do, I'm in God's will. But if I'm trying to do things outside of God's will, outside of God's plan, I'm going to struggle. And one way or another, I may, it may look good, it may look like I'm being blessed, but I don't want to just look blessed. I want to be blessed. Are you with me? There's a difference. You can look blessed, but not really be. We don't want, we don't want no uh, a generic, a fake blessed. No, we, we are really blessed, people of God. Look at verse number 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that body, being many, are one body, so also Christ. For by the Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greek, whether slaves or free. I'm going to speed up my reading here. And have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not of the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not of the eye, am I not of the body? Is therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole hearing were, uh, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as it what? Pleased, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, watch this, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, we, on these we bestow greater honor. And on our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given much greater honor to that part which lacks in it, that there should be no schisms. 
or divisions in the body, but the members should have the same care one for another. And if the one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members are honored with it. Now, this is what we've been talking about. So he talks about here how there are many different uh, gifts and, and parts of the body, but we all function as one and the same. And I think I said before that God has designed us to be interdependent upon one another. That means that I cannot be what I, what God called me to be without you. See, I can stand up here all day long and say, I'm a preacher, I'm a pastor. But if ain't nobody following me, come on, who am I preaching to? Ain't nobody hearing me, who am I preaching to? See, you can say, well, God has gifted me. Do this and do that. You, you, we need each other. And I know sometimes we get, the, we get the attitude. We say, you know what? I don't need uh, such and so, and I don't need to, I can just do this on my own and serve. The problem with that is it goes contrary to everything God teaches. Because God made us to be a body. I'll give you an example. He talks about here how that, uh, uh, you know, the foot can't say to the hand, I have no need of you, and vice versa. Now, you look at the, my body parts. Not the gut, but this part here. Let's just say I had one arm. Can I still function with one arm? Not a trick question. I can. But can I function better with two? Look at my eyes. Got two eyes. Now I have one. Can I function with one eye? Sure I can. But can I do much better if I got two eyes? See, I believe in the body of Christ, we have a lot of handicapped believers in the spirit. Because the attitude is, well, you know, I don't need. Well, you probably don't, but you're not going to be as effective. As, and you've seen this problem more than anybody working your ministry. But you're not going to be effective as when you have people that come alongside of you and partner with you to do the work of ministry. So then now here's the other part of it. Now, how many have ever slammed your finger in the door? Boy, I tell you what, when you slam your finger in the door, everything else, your whole, you can be, do, I don't care what you're doing, your feet, your arms, your leg, your mind, everything's going to stop and say, ouch! And then the first thing you're going to do, you're going to look at it. Why? Because it's a part of the body. And if this little part of the body is hurting, then it affects everything. So then we have a responsibility. So if one person in the body is struggling, they're, they're heartbroken, they're having issues, guess what? We got to say, we got to stop what we're doing and say, well, wait, wait a minute, brother so-and-so ain't doing too well. We need to figure out what's going on. And see, it's hard to do that unless you have a relationship with one another, right? That's why we've been talking about unity, establishing that relationship. Because if we have a relationship with one another, I get to know what's going on with you. But if I don't know you, I can't help you. If I don't know what's going on, I can't really, because you're disconnected. But when you're connected to the body, you're walking with the body. So then when you have issues, when you have problems, guess what? I sense, I feel, because we're joined together in one. So I need you. Look at the neighbor, somebody, and say, I need you. you there you go. I, I need you. I, I can't be what God wants me to be without you. You can't be what God wants you to be without me. But God made us that way. So that nobody can get the big head, <laughs> as we would say, growing up. And so that's important to understand that. And, and, and here's the other part I like about this verse in verse 23 and 25. Um, I'm sorry, not verse 23 and 25, but he says here in verse, I believe, um, 
But God in verse 18, but now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as it pleased him. Just as it pleased him. So then now here's the other thing you got to understand. All of us need to understand this is important. Stay in your anointing. Stay in your calling. Listen. If God didn't call you to preach or teach, don't try to come over here and do it. You hurt somebody. You hurt yourself. If you can't sing, don't you dare come walking up here trying to grab this mic. First of all, I'm going to tell you, you need to sit down. <laughs> I'm going to do it in love. You know that. You know, I know how to do stuff in love. I'm gentle. I'm a gentle person. Y'all know that, right? I'm about as gentle as they come. You know, I've been on the street all these years. You know, nobody never really fought me in police work. And people think sometimes, well, it's because, because you're a big guy. No, there have been a lot of big guys in the police that got in big fights. But see, I always tell them, but I come in peace. I ain't trying to start. I've seen them get in this posture themselves like they're ready to fight. And they say, okay, here you come. Now you go. They bring you the big gun. Okay. And I just stand there and look at them. Okay, when you finish with your little drama there, then, you know, we can get on with business. I, I come, listen, I come in peace. Come in peace. And where was I? God's not going to help me this stay morning. Stay in your anointing. There you go. Somebody's listening to me. Stay in your anointing. So stay in gifting. God has set the members in the body as it pleased him. See? And so my job as a pastor, one of my jobs is to help discover and help you discover what is it that you're really good at. Because a lot of times you're going to find your gifting and your calling and your anointing is in something that you enjoy doing. But you put somebody in some board they can't do it. They don't like the administration. Oh, I won't do no administration. I don't like sitting typing papers and, and attachment files. I ain't, I ain't in that. You know, like I'm, I'm you know, anybody who's going to be a personal sensor to me, you got to get used to using computers because I'm all techie. I still know what I'm doing, but I, I, I can do a little bit of stuff that can, I'm dangerous enough to, you know, to, to have a little bit of idea of what I'm doing. But one of the things, see, see, in the Corinthian church, the folks didn't understand that, that you know what? You're, you're doing what, what God has called you to do. You're gifted in this area. This is what, this is what God has gifted you. You have a passion toward that. Not everybody's going to be passionate about the same things, right? Some people will be passionate. You're all going to be passionate about different things. Is something wrong with that? No. I just know God called me to do this, so I'm going to do what I feel like God has called me to do. I'm not going to get jealous of brother, sister, so-and-so. I'm not going to look at them and, just, and think, oh, oh, that looks good. I want some of that glory. No, no, I want that. Because I, I don't want to do nothing that I'm not gifted to do. Don't go in the nursery if you, don't, you can't stand kids. I had one lady, listen, I had one lady one time, I had to, and I, I kid you not, and the pastor said, I didn't have one lady. I was a part of a church. I was, at that time, I was a deacon in the church. And uh, the, uh, the pastor had, uh, and so they didn't have many people volunteer work in nursery, which is a, a challenge. I mean, I've seen churches, three, four, five hundred people, and they can't find nobody to work in nursery. It's just, it's just the way it is. But um, this one uh, lady, she was, her husband was the uh, assistant associate pastor in the church. So she was assigned the detail to go in and work with the children's ministry, to work in the nursery. But, and she told, and she actually said, she said, I don't like kids. I mean, we know. Now, she was gifted. She could teach them, but she couldn't stand being, And you, you go in there, and, and all the kids were upset and mad all the time. <laughs> I said, look, the kids are probably upset because you're upset, and you don't want to be here. You know? And I said, she's gift. She's a teacher, but this ain't the right place for her. And I said, and then, and then the same pastor took one guy, and he told me, he said, and made him the praise and worship leader. He brother couldn't sing. He said, 
man, I can't sing, but pastor told me to do it. Nonsense, you know, nonsense. I said, look, and, and, and every time he tried to sing, it was horrible. And sometimes I used to be on the praise worship. I used to go tap him and say, look, brother, you need to stop doing that. No, you know. uh, and he would just give up the mic. Because he said, I, I ain't gifted to do this, but the pastor told me to do it. Now, he was honoring authority. But the point is that pastor should have been wise enough to know that, you know, I can hear if that don't sound good, stop. Come on. So God has put people in position. And God is gifting. God bringing certain people in his church that are gifted to certain things. Because that's what you're passionate about doing. That's what you like to do. And so do it. So I ain't. So look, I don't have to be jealous of nobody else doing what they do. You follow me? If you're good at doing something, go, go do it. Bless me. Bless me. If you can teach, teach. If you're good in administration, do it. If you can play the guitar, play it. Bless me. Bless me. Do whatever God's called you to do and do it with all your heart. Amen. All right. We're almost done. Okay. We got uh, in Hebrews 25 and we're closing. Uh, can I get just five minutes? Five more minutes and then we're done. But here's the five minutes I want. I want there to be a happy five minutes. I want y'all to act like you're yeah, really excited about this next five minutes, that this is the best part of the whole sermon. Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> if you got Hebrews, uh, sister, you have Hebrews chapter, you don't have that verse. I didn't give you Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Okay, so I failed with that. Okay. But Hebrews chapter 25. Here, watch this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Um, okay, and it reads, here we go. It says, now, not forsaken, the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. Now, he's talking there about an evil day. Now, in Hebrews, he was speaking here about that there was a culture in the church with some people who just did not value uh, coming and assembling together. And I'm not talking about when people have to miss church for various reasons and you know, things come up, things happen. But there were some folks there that just had this attitude that I don't need the church. I don't need to, to be around other people. And the problem with that is the scripture, number one, says don't forsake the assemblies of yourself together. Number one, what does assembling when we come together, what does it do? It encourages us, right? Because you all been beat up all during the week. I, I tell you something. One, I'm a, can I just say this? Church one day a week don't cut it for me. I've all, I'm used to much, much more than that, me personally. Because I know that if, the more I start drifting away from this and from being around God's people, all of us are subject to fall, to stumble. So the more I stay connected with my brother, my sister, the more we come together on a regular basis, we're there to encourage each other. The more I see you, you can encourage me and I can encourage you. But the more, see, one of the things the enemy loves to do is get people uh, isolated. Because if he can get you isolated, he can say all kind of crazy stuff to you. They don't love you because they really love you. Somebody would have called you. Come on. Nobody called me. Well, you ain't been to church in three weeks. Think that might have something to do with it? You understand what I'm saying? So he says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Why? Because we need to stay connected. That's what this does. No, 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 no. Watch this. The other reason why is in you have Ephesians chapter 4. You have that one, right? Okay. The other reason why is because the church, God has given the church the fivefold ministry to equip us and to train. Now, you hear some people say, well, I don't need the, the church because I can stay at home and I can learn all by myself. No, you can't. 
Fact, you ain't gonna be reading that Bible and <laughs> worship it. Or you know you're gonna be doing something else. Come on. You get, come on. You know how we get. Hallelujah. I'm just telling them. You got Ephesians chapter 4, you can post it. Now he says, now watch this. Now, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through, I think I want verses 11 through 16. And he himself gave some to be apostles. Some prophet. Now, this is called the fivefold ministry. I believe in this concept because we want to have the apostles, the evangelists, the prophets, the, the pastors, and the teachers. We want all of them operating in the church. Keep going. For the what? Equipping of the saints. So, those, so, so what, what is God giving to the church to equip us? Apostles, teachers, pastors, evangelists. So if we say we ain't using those, then how are we being equipped? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry. So, so now you're going to do ministry. We're equipping you. Our job is to equip you, get you prepared, so then you can go and do ministry. Everybody who's coming to church should be doing what? Amen. Ministry. Amen. Come on. Amen. You know that's what church is for? Okay, well, he's going to keep going. I, don't listen to me. Listen to what the word says. Till we all come to the unity, there's a word again, unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Watch this. To a perfect, or that word perfect means mature. See, mature man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And watch this till uh, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried away by every wind of doctrine. Let me tell you something. You listen to enough of Oprah, you be carried away by all kind of stuff. I, I don't mean to pick on. I just I got a thing with Oprah, but uh, so, so I might make somebody upset. But y'all keep listening to it if you like Oprah. I'm just I just. I got a problem with Oprah. She got a thing called the Church of Oprah. Mm. You know, so just be careful. That's all I'm going to say. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro by everyone in the doctrine. How many know there's all kind of doctrine out there? And if you're not trained and equipped, you say, okay, I'm going to do ministry. I'm going to reach people. You're going to reach people with what? Because these people will come to you saying, well, I believe uh, in that the tree is part of my salvation. And that's how I get saved. What are you going to say? Yeah, brother. No, no. You know, no, no. This, that, 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 John, yeah, John 3. That's not what the scripture says. Why? Because you've been equipped. You've been taught. You understand. You know what the Bible says about that issue. It's unfortunate that so many of us are not in the body of Christ as a whole. Do not. We, we rely, first of all, too much on somebody standing behind a pulpit teaching. Instead of getting this thing saying, you know what, I'm going to read this thing and see what it says. So that when people come up and they start talking this doctrine, the crazy, we're equipped. That's what church does. If I'm not, if I get up here and we're not equipping and teaching you, then we're not doing our job. We're wasting your time, in a sense. But that we should be no longer children tossed to and fro by, carried away about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men. How many know there's a lot of tricks out there? Oh, look at the TV. <laughs> Come on. People up there saying some of that stuff. I'm telling you, a lot of Christian TV, you better watch and be discerning. Every t- I, I, I pay more attention. Watch this. You may think well, I'm being spiritual. I just put on the, the religious channel. I, my antennas go up even more when I see that stuff on TV. Because that's, that's the worst kind of deception. Because it comes about like it's trying to teaching you Jesus the right way. And everything that says Jesus ain't preaching Jesus. They're all, people got all kind of Jesuses out there. The Jehovah Witness and the Mormon preach a whole different Jesus than we preach. A lot of people don't realize that. They think, oh, we're all the same. No, we're not. Dude, totally different. By the trickery of men, and, and that's, what, that's what the purpose of ministry is. That's why we need to come together. That's why we need to fellowship. That's why we need to worship every week. By the trickery of men and the cunning, craftiness of deceitful plotting, 
but speaking the truth in love may grow up. Everybody need to grow up. That's what he's saying. All things into him who is the head. Christ wants to grow up. Keep moving. From whom the whole body, now all of us, our body, join and knit together. How many like to knit? We got some knitters in here, don't we? Some people gifted with knitting. Okay. But you see people that knits, they're like intertwined. They're locked together. And knit together by what every joint supplies. How many joints? Every joint. Did I? So then, every joint, here's what the scripture says, in order for us to grow as a body and become what God wants to be, everybody ought to be supplying something. There's a gift, there's something in you that you're supposed to be supplying to the body. For you not to supply what God has given you to supply to me, you're denying me of what belongs to me. For my spiritual growth. You follow me? He says, so every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its what? Share. Everybody had to take the load. So here's what you do. As we're going into this, everybody figure out, because you're going to be here in the coming weeks, but figure out, okay, Lord, how can I participate in this? I got to share. Everybody have a, 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 a part in all of this because you're a part of the body. You cause the body, watch this, this is beautiful, by which, okay, let me go back, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causing growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Watch this, keep moving. Did we stop? Okay, verse 16. Uh, let me just, because uh, I wanted to finish, I think we missed some of it. Uh, for the edifying, I'll stop at verse 16. From whom, okay, yes, from whom the whole body joined in, knit together by that which every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, and it says that causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. It is there. I didn't see it. It's just jumping out at me. But cause, the main point is causing growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So then we know how the body grows. We know how the church grows. We know how we're going to be able to reach people, right? Now we know now the formula is how we're going to grow, how we're going to reach people, how we're going to fill up these chairs, how we're going to do it because we're getting 60 more chairs. So the workload just went up. How are we going to fill it? By that which every joint supplies. So when somebody knock on your door and say, look, we need you, sister. We need you, brother. Okay, what do you need me to do? I'm ready. Because why? Because I know that, that it takes everybody doing his part and his share in order to fulfill the mission that God has given us. Amen? Amen. Amen. You all excited? Give the Lord a praise clap. <laughs> Hallelujah. You, listen, this is good because God is about to bless us in immeasurable ways. We're going to reach people. We're going to touch lives like, like we have never done before. And I was praying the other day. I said, Lord, will you get us to a point that we cry? that our hearts are broken to see people hurt. You know, sometimes you can look at the TV so much, you can get desensitized to stuff, you know? It's like it don't bother you no more to see people lying in the street killed. It don't bother you no more to see people on TV, on CNN and different channels, uh, walking in homosexuality and being lost. And it's like, okay, it's cool. You know, we just kind of breeze it over. But we need to come to a point where we say, you know what? Lord, my heart want to break for somebody who don't know you. Lord, I, I, I don't want to see no, another child that's lost, another child that's, that's uh, in a garbage can, that's put in a dumpster. Can you imagine those kind of things? That's the kind of stuff that we're dealing with. People that are hooked on drugs, alcohol, immorality. That's what we're all about. That's what this church is for. That's why we exist. We're supposed to go get those people. 
But listen, I need everybody in this thing together. We got to think of this thing. Okay, we're one big team of people. Not everybody's here, but we're a team of people. We're a small group, but we're a team of people. We're going to work together for the greater good. And you know what? There's going to be nothing that's going to bless us more. Because I believe that is a gateway for blessing for every single person in here. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Let's pray.